there's so much more satisfaction. You go home feeling like you really accomplished something that's making a difference in the world. And you don't have to work for the Salvation Army to do that. Welcome, everyone, to the Driving Vision Podcast brought to you by the Ziegler Auto Group. And here with me, Auto Group Director of Talent Development, Mike Van Ryan. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks, Sam. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Like it if you do and leave a comment. Hey, Driving Vision listening audience, a couple newsworthy items to share this episode. Monday night, August 29th at 5 p.m., Ziegler Buick GMC of Lincolnwood hosts the Skokie Monday Night Cruise-In. It's the final cruise-in of this 2022 summer season. And this Labor Day weekend, September 3rd through the 5th, the Ziegler Auto Group sponsors Septemberfest in Schaumburg, Illinois. Admission is free and includes a Labor Day parade, concerts on three stages, a carnival, and much more, including a huge fireworks show Sunday night. We'd love to see you there. This Friday night, two friends of the Ziegler Auto Group meet in Lansing as 15th ranked Michigan State takes on Kalamazoo's Western Michigan University with a 7 p.m. kickoff. And then Michigan State head coach Mel Tucker joins us in Kalamazoo on September 12th for the 40th anniversary of Drive for Life. If you don't have a ticket yet, make that purchase today. Go to driveforlifefoundation.com to secure your spot at the event. Do not miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to support and celebrate 40 years of this important charitable event together. Well, that's a wrap on this week's Driving Vision News You Can Use. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the special Drive for Life edition of the Driving Vision podcast, Future of Zag Today. Today, we're doing a dual version of the podcast, broadcasting to both streams. Today with us live are three exciting guests. So first of all, we have Christina Shai. Christina, welcome back. Christina, you've actually been here before, right? With your dad, Dan Scheidt, CFO Ziegler Auto Group. Dan, welcome back. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Sam. It's fun having my daughter here. So it is fun. And before we go to our very special guest, I actually want to uh, remember a conversation we had last time you were on the show. And it was this. We were talking about golfing at the Kalamazoo Country Club. And you are a collegiate-bound golfer, NCAA to Minnesota, after you finish your uh, senior year. Pretty exciting, right? And we were asking this question. You and your dad golf at at Kalamazoo Country Club, off your respective tees, who wins? And Dan, Christina would not answer the question. Now, we know something that's happened over the past week that would tend to suggest an answer. What is that, Dan? <laughs> Where are you taking me here, Sam? <laughs> Man. Can, Pressure, can we, huh? Can we going oh, no, we're not going there no, yet. No, no, no. You know what? So, so Christina won the Ladies' Club, Club Championship this past week. Congratulations. She actually defended, defended her title from last wow. year. That's, that's so wonderful. She has a, she's had a pretty good run here lately. And to answer your question... Practices more than me. Uh-huh. She takes more uh-huh. lessons than me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm trying to set this up. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> I think on any given day. Uh, okay, <laughs> very good. Fair enough. Well, congratulations, Christina. That's very exciting. And we're proud of you as part of the yeah. Team Ziegler family, as one of the kids of a family member working yeah. here to, to, to represent Team Ziegler the way you have in your own family name. So thank you for agreeing to be here today. So the real reason, though, of our conversation today has to do with Drive for Life, which is a charity that's in its 40th year and a very special benefiting sponsor, the Salvation Army. So welcome to the show, Tim Summers with the Salvation Army. Thank you so much for letting me come and share the impact that Drive for Life has had on the Salvation Army and more directly on people of Kalamazoo that are in need. Well, we appreciate you being here for telling us the story. So the first question we always ask of the podcast before we go into a little bit more about your charity and your role in the charity is from your role with the Salvation Army, what is your vision of the world and how are you seeking to change the world with that vision? Certainly. So regardless of how good or bad the economy is, there are always people in need. And 
what we've found over the years is that, you know, regardless of whether you have a, a good job or not, regardless of whether you have insurance or not, a lot of people in our community and probably across the, the uh, state and, and country, you're only a few paychecks away from being yeah. in a position where you can't pay your bills, can't afford your rent, you can't pay your electric bill. You got to choose between your prescriptions at the drugstore or groceries. Those types of things happen. And it's not just because people are not wanting to work or something like that. It's, it's just a situation that the world seems to be in these days yeah. where, you know, you're only a few paychecks or maybe one paycheck away yeah. from being in a very difficult position. And a lot of times it's through no fault of your own. Yeah. So, you know, what our motive is uh, with the Kalamazoo Salvation Army is we're always looking to help the most people in the most need and do the most good for those people. So with that type of philosophy, we're, we don't care who you are, what your background is, you know, what color you are, you know, what your uh, sexual yeah. uh, position You're is. You're going to help no, no matter no, what. Exactly. So and if you come in and you need help, we don't ask any of those questions. We don't care. Yeah. We're just there to help people. And, and in fact, Tim, you have really a legendary history as a company, as an organization that strives to help other people. And in fact, with uh, Dan and Christine, we were talking about your history earlier today. Dan has a great uh, quote, actually, that goes back yeah. to the beginning that actually kind of talks about what you're mentioning here, Dan. Yeah, let me give you a little background, Sam. Uh, and so the, the Scheid family supports the Salvation, Salvation Army. I'll give you a little background as to why we, we do that. You know, like many people, we, you know, you get to the end of the year, during the year, and you have some things that you want to donate. And we used to kind of just donate wherever right? Goodwill, whatever. At our house, we've read a number of books called Christian Heroes. These are like, you know, D.L. Moody and, mm -hmm. you know, William Penn and Jim Elliott and, and William Booth and many, many. Others. So we major came across historical figures. major historical yeah. figures. Wow. Okay? And we came across yeah. this book about William and Catherine Booth. And uh, William and Catherine Booth lived in the 1800s. They're in London. And uh, William Booth was a, a pastor. Okay? He had a desire to, you know, help the downtrodden. Kind of like you just you just described him. And so he kind of had this vision he was putting together and trying to figure out, you know, where to go with it. And ultimately he he created the Salvation Army. And you'll tell us more about it. But as we read the story about the history with William Booth, it, it kind of came to light that we now wanted to be part of something that has such meaning. So to your point, Sam, let me I took an excerpt out of that book and this will give you a little idea. Of, of the background. Okay. So, so this would be uh, William Booth and his wife, Catherine, mm -hmm. and they're talking about the, you know, how they're setting up the Salvation Army and William's uh, vision. And, and so Catherine, I'm going to read it here. So back, back in the early 1900s. Yeah. Right? So this is 1800s. 1800s. Okay. Yep. So, so, so different so, world then. Yes. Yeah, very different world. Yeah. Yes. And that's a good yeah. setup, right? right? So, so the community is horses. So, so yeah. Catherine asked William, well, tell me exactly what you're thinking. You know, and William says, and he's seated in his chair next to his wife's bed and says, well, what does mean, what it means that in London, when a weary, careless, you know, possibly stupid cab horse falls down in the street, yeah, blocks traffic, yeah. people don't stand around and debate whether or not it should be helped back up on its feet, you know, or whether it's going to fall down again. No, what they do is they take all the necessary energy that is spent on getting the animal back up, get the traffic flowing again. You know, sometimes you got to take the load off the horse, take his harness off, maybe cut it off. You know, in fact, we do everything we can to get that horse going. Okay, so. But more importantly, Catherine asks her husband, well, you know what? So you're saying that we should help the destitute before before we should ask, you know, how they got in that situation. Or should we, you know, should we look at the situation and go, well, wait a minute, do we help them depending on the situation? You know, and so she says, no, we want to get things moving first, clean them, feed them, then find out. how." They and so, you know, we read that story. We thought, OK, there's a real history and real vision there. And so probably five or six years ago, you know, uh, Christina's mom, Laura, said, you know what, everything we're doing from this forward, day forward, we're going to do through the Salvation Army when it comes to, you know, helping out in those types of ways. 
I very much appreciate that. And and that's very true. In in fact, that was in the 1800s. Kalamazoo Four has been in existence for 137 years. Wow, or almost 137 years. So you know, longer than the Ziegler Group's been in business, longer than almost anything Just a few in Kalamazoo. Years. Yeah. It has been in business and to survive all those years is because we've taken the same approach every single day. And again, it's doing the most good for the most people and the most need. And by doing that, you know, we're helping to get people that are, for whatever reason, having a tough time, help them get back on their feet. You know, what's beautiful about that, Tim, and Dan, you touched on it with this quote, is this desire not to ask, hey, you deserve to be right. at the side of the road broken down. Right. Have you done something right. that has brought you to that situation? Yeah. It's, you know what? We're going to drop everything. We're going to pick that person up. And then once they're picked up, we're going to ask them, how can we help? Is there enough of that in our world today? Mm-hmm. Like there's not, is there? Well, I, there's one of the things that's really cool about Kalamazoo, in my opinion, yeah. is there's a lot <laughs> of resources out there to help people Yeah, um, from whether or not you need groceries, yeah. uh, whether or not you're house is burned down or, you know, for some reason you you can't get your, you can't pay your electric bill or kids need coats at, you know, in the wintertime or yeah. gosh, my kids aren't going to have any toys for Christmas this year. And how do I do that? And so there's uh, help. Th- there's help. And back to Dan's point, it's very important for all of us, whether you work for a nonprofit or not, to not just turn our nose up to people yeah. in need. That's a t- but that's a tough thing in our world today. It is. Because in a world that's so just inundated and saturated with social media a right. little bit, right. politics, which judges, right, just right. by its very nature. And right. if it bleeds, it leads. It's tough. So what's your biggest challenge in getting people to engage with the organization and so freely giving and helping? Sure. So despite being in, in Kalamazoo for 136 years. Not you personally, but the organization. I'm close, but, <laughs> okay, very um, good. but you know, despite all those years and you know, being in existence in Kalamazoo and helping people, yeah. the, the, always the difficult thing for us and probably for most other nonprofits is getting out the word yeah. about what it is we So how do you do that best? Well, besides bell ringing, because certainly. by the way, we're going to talk about bell ringing in a minute. When I think about the Salvation Army, that's where I go. But but how how do you sure. get, how do people help today? Right. Great, aside great, from Drive for Life, great question. We we don't spend money on advertising, with the exception at Christmas. Uh, the reason we don't is because we want to take those dollars that people have entrusted us with and, and have them go straight to them. and go right yeah. to helping people yeah. in need. So for us, we rely heavily on social media, yeah, through a web page or Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, yeah. those types of things. And then, you know, when I'm out and about seeing donors or, or talking to businesses, sharing with them as much as I can what it is that we do yeah. and why we do it. Yeah. And it's a big challenge, you know, for for every nonprofit because we just don't have a lot of cash sitting around saying, "Oh gosh, what are we going to do with this?" Well, let's go yeah. buy some yeah. advertising on on TV. And we've been blessed that we have some awesome partners that help us a lot, you know, not name, name names, but WWMT yeah. does a lot of work for us and they don't charge us for that. So we're blessed in a, in that way to be able to get our, our message out about who we are and what we do. So before I ask the next question, which is what what's a story of someone who you've been touched by, who's been impacted by your ability to serve and help others that 
picking up the person in the middle of the road. Sure. If you have a personal story, Dan, would you just share with us a little bit about this? Is our 40th anniversary of Drive for Life. It's not too late to buy tickets. It's not yeah. too late to join and sponsor. Share with us a little bit about where we are with the charity this year, when it happens and how I can buy a ticket. Yeah, thanks, Sam. And, and that's why it's great having Tim and Salvation Army here because you're one of our beneficiaries. And, uh, you know, we, we can't help out the Salvation Army, American Cancer Society and MRC Industries and so many other charities that we help without the support that we get, much like the story you're talking about, Tim. So our event is on Monday, September 12th. It's coming up. We're, uh, yeah. we're a month away. month away. We have many, many tickets yet to sell. Okay. And so a ticket gets you into the event on, uh, on that Monday evening. Get your name in a hat to win a car. Or, uh, or some cash. But I, I'd say more importantly, it's, it's just a really fun evening that you walk away from and you feel good about what you did because yeah. you know that beneficiaries like the Salvation Army are out there. So we, we also have great sponsorship, right? So our sponsors are out there and uh, they're, you know, most of our sponsors are companies that we do business with. So they show a lot of support to us back by sponsoring the Drive for Life. And those dollars all flow right to the charities that we support. And what's the website to go to? So it's driveforlifefoundation.com. Yep. And and you if you want to buy a ticket and email, you can do bk at ziggler.com, Z-E-I-G. LER.com. Right? That's exactly right. Or you can go to our websites on there as well, but that's right. So that's a, that's a great way to get a ticket. Hey, we want to sell this out. We have a lot of tickets to go. So Christina, I, I know you have a question about the uh, Salvation Army, but before we ask that, share with us a story that has impacted you, uh, an instance where someone's life's been changed as a result of your work with the Salvation Army. I have a person who's turned into a dear friend. Yeah. Uh, a, a local pub is now 29 years has been raising money for us to support what we call Toy Shop, which is where we provide it, as many kids as, as are needed uh, toys at Christmas time. Which is awesome because that's a time of expectation. Right. And think about being a child whose parents are unable to provide. Right. I can't imagine a tougher situation where, you know, you love your kids, you want to be able to give them everything. We all do. And then you're in a situation where you can't. And to be able to have someone like yourself provide that is beautiful. Go ahead. Sorry. That's okay. So anyway, the, the person that I've had the most contact with, and, and again, is over the years has become a friend of, of mine and, and my family's, she doesn't have very much money. She's retired, living solely on social security, has quite a few health issues, and her children also aren't doing very well. Lots of kids and not great jobs and those types of things. So last year at Christmas time, uh, she called me and she said, I don't want to do this, but can my kids get toys at Christmas? Mm. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, well, do they live in Kalamazoo County? Yes. You know, or do they live in, we have part of Allegan County too, playing a lot, Sigal and Martin, but he said, absolutely. And, and I said, I will personally get you, signed up. It's not a difficult process, but, you know, if you don't have a computer, you know, and you don't have access to get in the car to drive to us necessarily, how do you do that? So anyway, you know, we got our ride to, uh, to our toy shop event and she was able to shop for and pick out Christmas toys for all four of her grandchildren. Oh, that's neat. So it's that old, what goes around, comes around, or however you say that, you know, where all these years she's given from her heart to make sure that kids had toys. And now she's not in a position where she could get toys for her kids or, or for her grandkids rather. And her children weren't able to buy toys, you know, for, for their kids at Christmas time. So it's just one of the really cool things that I get to do yeah. on not necessarily a daily basis, but many, many times during the course of the year, you know, where I'm able to have contact with somebody that uh, really needs help. And how do we do that? And, 
And I've got tons of stories like that. And Tim, that's really neat because you know, one of the toughest things I think when you're in a challenging situation, it's sometimes easier to give because we get more back than right. we give. Sometimes it's tough to ask. Right. And it's beautiful that she had the relationship with you where she felt okay to ask. Right. For those that may be listening to the podcast that need the assistance of the Salvation Army, is there a way they can uh, approach you and or ask? Apply? Sure. The easiest way is to, is to call us. Um, we have a, a receptionist slash do everything else person uh, uh, that will take your information on the phone and direct you to the right person within okay. the organization. And, and our direct phone number is 269-344-6119. Excellent. That's the easiest way to uh, to reach us. You can also reach us on Facebook and send us some messages that way. Um, but if you're able to call, then you know we can answer questions real time rather than responding yeah. to a, a text message or a, a Facebook yes. post. So. so it's interesting as we come to you, Christina. Uh, it's interesting that the dollars that go towards the tickets, 100% of those dollars go straight to the charities that benefit from it. There's no expense load on the Ziegler part through the generosity of yourself, Mr. Ziegler. There's been a path made for every dollar to go. And that's unusual in charitable giving. Not only that, but this year, those monies are more than doubled, yeah. 150% by a, an anonymous uh, donor, right? Yeah. Yes, and there's something that's unique is that we don't have any expense. And honestly, credit the, the Ziegler family for really supporting and backing the, the Drive for Life Foundation. But, you know, it's 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 really great hearing this story because, you know, there's a handful of us that spend a, a certain part of our job just supporting the Drive for Life. Yeah. We sometimes don't hear the stories that yeah. we impact. We're, we're really a charity of charities, right? So we we raise funds so we can support charities, but we sometimes don't or oftentimes don't get, you know, the, the frontline experience that you just described. And, right, uh, right. you know, hearing that just really makes it feel like the impact. Is, yeah. uh, is real. Uh, you know, a real, uh, a real quick story about a, another person that was in need. So earlier I was talking about how people are one or two paychecks away, perhaps from losing their home or not being able to buy groceries or not be able to pay bill or rent or those types of things. So a lady called me and she said, I hate to ask, but have you got a floor fan, you know, that I can have? And I said, I'm sure we can make that happen for you. And, you know, what's going on and, you know, tell me where you live, that kind of thing. And so I went to her home and, and dropped off a, a floor fan for her, had never met her other than talking to her on the phone. And this woman had been a very successful business person over the years, had been in a very horrible car accident that left her unable to do her job. So as, you know, she lost her benefits over time, and all of a sudden has gone from somebody that was very comfortably middle class to somebody that has to ask yeah. to have a floor fan. Yeah. And she's living in a, a not a very nice apartment that's a, above a house that's uh, been converted to an apartment and and it's almost pitch dark in there and it's and it was summer, but it, it felt like it was well over hundred degrees in there. Yeah. And it was dark and and so we're chatting and I, I said, gee, you know, you need some lamps, you know, for, yeah. for your and she goes, yeah, I only have one and it's broken. And, and and you could see it in her face and hear it in her voice that she felt really embarrassed to have to ask for this kind yeah, of thing. because she's proud. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it's there's I understand why and I would feel the same way. But the reality of it is, is that bad things can happen yeah. to good people. And, yeah. and they do sure. every single day of the year. So we got our fan and, and you know, we chatted and and, you know. We kept in touch over time. And I said, you need anything, just just call me. Yeah. And if we can, we will. Yeah. So 
about six months later, she stopped in uh, unannounced. And I went up to talk to her up in the reception area. And she had found a job in, uh, I want to say Kansas City. I, I could be wrong, but it, if I remember right, it was Kansas City. That would accommodate her, you know, being able to work from home. Yeah. This is before that became a thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like it is now. She, to, she needs lamps to work from home. You can't, right, you right. can't work from home without any facilities. Right. right. And, so. and so she, so she was going to move to Kansas City and, and she found a place to live, but she was just so appreciative. Just little things like yeah. floor fan. My gosh, it's, wow. that's nothing. Right. But yeah, right. to her, it was a big right. deal. Uh, a lamp for a, a coffee table or something yeah. like that. So she could, you know, see and so Tim, what's so beautiful about that that story is you're going and you're helping people in the place they need to be helped with the things they need to be helped with. Right. So often in today's society, we just spread money out in the hopes that it's somehow going to fill in the gaps without right. truly extending the heart. And thank you for sharing that, Christina. What have you always wanted to know of the uh, Salvation Army? Well, I mean, from hearing the backstory and what a heartfelt organization is, like how can people just go about getting involved or supporting it? Sure. Yeah. So there's many ways. The easiest thing to do, or well, I think easiest, but just to volunteer. So we have need for volunteers every day of the week. You may be, you know, putting bread into individual bags so that, you know, we can have those sitting out for people walking through in the door that need need bread. It could be helping us in our pantry, sorting, you know, canned goods and personal care items and, and meat and things like that, that people come in to office every day for. So we always need volunteers, not to mention, we always need people to help us at Christmas time with some of the events that we do, whether it's the toy shop event, whether it's our share the warmth coat drive, where we pass out coats to, you know, 1300 people every year. So it, it's not just, the, you know, the code drive, it's not just passing out coats. We have to collect the coats. They have to be sorted. The ones that are not new have to be dry cleaned or yeah. washed. Yeah. And then they have to be staged so that when somebody comes in to get a coat, you know, it's it's easy to find and it's not just digging yeah. through some big pile on the on yeah. the floor. Yeah. So volunteering is a is a very big thing. And then at Christmas time with volunteering, okay. um, certainly we need people that go out and bell ring for us. And you say, well, gee, why is that important? Well, you know, if we have 25 places that we potentially could bell ring at, if there's nobody there at Kettle, people don't donate to the county. So it's important for us to have bell ringers there. It's a painless thing. It's fun. You can play Christmas music. You can so, dance. And, you can sing all those yeah, types and of Tim, things. Yeah, Tim, what, what? So the bell ringing, that's what sure. a lot of us recognize yeah. with the Salvation sure. Army, yeah. right? That's kind of your your iconic, right. you know, uh, marketing piece, so to speak. What, what, how much revenue, percentage-wise, does the bell ringing? Sure. So bell ringing is probably about 25% of the total really? dollars that we That's a lot. Raise. It is yeah. a lot, considering yeah. it's only for about a month right. Right. Uh, or six weeks, uh, depending on you know, when Black Friday uh, falls in, in a month. And and uh, we do that Monday through Saturday. We don't ever bell ring on, on Sundays. If we have people at Kettles, then the dollars that we raise goes up significantly. So, so do, you, do, you your, do you train your bell ringers? No. No, Christina, no. <laughs> don't, aren't you a little bit curious? Is there like a technique to ringing the bell where, you know, it's more successful, less successful? Sure. So I'll tell you what really works. And, and, People think there's got to be some mystery to this, right? There you has know, and, to be. I've and, seen It's a Wonderful Life, and it's got to be from that. It's <laughs> bell rings when an angel gets its wings, right, which, is, right. which is ludicrous, of course. But, right. Uh, but but with bell ringers, you know what it is? It's just being nice. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. 
and and wishing people happy holidays or Merry Christmas. Or Isn't that amazing how that kind of works in life. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You get a lot more done. Yeah, yeah and just treating people like know. how you'd like to be treated right. and. And, and right. we don't solicit, never asking people to put money in a kettle. Yeah. People are just ringing the bell. A lot of times okay. they're singing Christmas carols or, yeah. you know, they're having fun in some other way. It creates a beautiful. It range. does. So, and, and it's really so, a, a big part of what the Christmas, you know, memories are for, for people. And, and we'll have yeah. little kids come up and put a quarter yeah. in the kettle and or even adults. And they'll say, gee, I wish I had more. And, and we're like, no, no, no. Believe me, yeah. it all adds up and it makes a big difference. So it's interesting. You mentioned love. And, and and creating that atmosphere. The mission statement of the Salvation Army, about three sentences in, it's a ministry motivated by the love of God. Talk to right. us a little bit about what that means to you and how that's extended outward in bell ringing and other ways that people volunteer. Sure. So the Salvation Army started as a church, and it will always be a church. It'll always be the most important part. A lot of people don't know that. Right? Exactly. They yeah. don't. And, and you know, our corps as a church, just like, <laughs> like every other Salvation Army corps around the world does. So... It's a very, very big part of what we do. Yeah. Um, you, you don't need to be a, a Christian to work for the Salvation Army, but it's not nearly as a good of a, of a experience for you if you're not. So, and you also don't need to be Christian to give to the Salvation Army. That's so correct. <laughs> some of these principles are universal in right. that when we give, we truly do get back more than we give. Exactly. So if you're giving by uh, volunteering your time to ring a bell, to provide coats, to provide lamps, as you visited that uh, that that lady you spoke about, it's a universal truth that when we give, we get back. Why is that? That's so interesting. Isn't it, it? it is, and and you know, for you know, thirty five years, I I was in sales and and selling industrial graphic arts types of things, and and I was just it was all driven by hitting a budget, and it was all driven by how many pounds and. Now you're on a higher budget, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but you reach. I reached a point in my life yeah. where I said, "Is this all there is?" And you know, nonprofits don't pay what private industry pays. No, and so, it. if you don't have a love for the mission, it's difficult for you to get the satisfaction out of a job working for a nonprofit that you would if you were maybe working in in private industry. So for me, it was the kind of thing where I said, "Gee, you know, my wife and I were." comfortably enough financially where I was able to, you know, say, I, I don't need that rat awesome. race anymore. And she supports you in it. Exactly. And, and you know, now when I come home at night, yeah. getting back to what you were talking about a few minutes ago, Sam was, you know, my wife will go, well, how was your day? You know what? We helped this person today. That's awesome. And, or somebody donated some computers to us today that we need for our yeah. youth programming. Yeah. So there's so much more satisfaction. You go home feeling like you really accomplished something that's making yeah. a difference in the world. And, and you don't have to work for the Salvation Army yeah. to do that. We can join with you in that by contributing yeah. to Drive for exactly. Life. Drive for Life contributes to you. So exactly, Tim, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you being here with it's us today on the podcast. Don, Dan, any closing comments? Yeah, you, you know, again, um, it, it's great to hear the story, the direct story of the beneficiary. And, you know, this is a call out to all of our employees, right? Yeah. So I appreciate all the employees that bought a ticket you know yeah. in some cases we have t uh, employees that kind of band together and they buy you know they, sh they share the tickets but uh, this is really for the employees to understand the impact of what they're doing when they buy a ticket to support yeah. us in the drive for life so yeah. I, I thank all of our employees that have uh, helped us help you well we thank all the everybody that's involved in the Ziggler group um, that, that does this on an annual basis and I can't tell you how much difference it makes for what we do because we use those donations all year long it's not just during the holidays 
There's people in need every day of the year and really appreciate everything you've done for us and hopefully continue be able to continue to do uh, so that we can help more and more people in our community. Again, regardless of you know how good the economy is or how bad it is, it makes a big difference in people's lives. And my pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Sam. Ian, nice to meet yeah. you. Christine, nice to meet you. Hey, Ziegler, Coach Jess back here with your bi-weekly health tip for the week. And it just so happens to be about sleep. How many hours of sleep do you get each night? Most adults should get between seven and nine hours a night. And studies show that at least 35% of Americans do not get that. I guess some of you might fit into that percentage. Sleep deprivation can put your health and safety at risk, which is why you should always prioritize and protect your sleep on a daily basis. If you are getting enough sleep, you are surely reaping the benefits. Getting enough sleep and quality sleep can be linked to weight management, improved concentration and productivity, maximizing your physical performance, better heart health, reduced risk of developing diabetes, and overall better mental health as well. Sleep helps your body repair, regenerate, and recover. The immune system is no exception to this relationship. Some research shows how better sleep quality can help the body fight off infection. Boosting your immune system is something we'll hear more about for the September's monthly topic. So here are a few tips for getting a good night's rest. Routine. Start a sleep ritual if you don't already have one. Don't be afraid to exercise. This helps, but not too close to bedtime. Reserve the bed for sleep. No working or watching TV in the bed. Keep it comfortable. Quiet, dark, cool environment. Eating before bed? Maybe keep it light and healthy. Avoid alcohol and caffeine. Avoid television, phones, and other electronic devices before bed. And think about ways you can de-stress and prepare the body for sleep. Thanks to all who contributed to this week's podcast, including Dan Scheid, Christina Scheid, Just With Athletic Mentors, and the Kalamazoo Salvation Army. Until next week, how are you driving vision today?